Billy Napier and the Florida Gators have been incredibly active on the recruiting trail, but what's the latest on some Florida Gator targets? We'll find out here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Check out Bet Online. It's where the game starts. Happy Friday! The weekend's here. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Nine Sports and Giants Country of SI.com. Had a video come out for Whole Nine yesterday on YouTube. Yay, we finally got there. Before getting into today's content, just going to remind you September 1st, September 2nd, September 1st at 7 p.m., September 2nd, 5.30 p.m., live Locked On Gators recordings. It's free. You can go there at the social at Midtown in Gainesville. Also, just going to ask you to like, comment, subscribe, leave a review, share the video, do whatever it is. But I thank you for your support. Now I'm going to be joined by John Garcia, Sports Illustrated's Director of Football Recruiting. Joining me now for Lockdown Gators is John Garcia, Sports Illustrated's Director of Football Recruiting and Lockdown's Recruiting Insider. And before talking about what is hopefully going to continue being a busy August for the Florida Gators, I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Lockdown College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates that you want to talk to Faster, post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. And John, Wednesday night, uh, this is something that, I mean, I, I feel like there was murmurs about this for a little yeah. while. Uh, but Keon Keeley, five-star edge, recently decommitted from Notre Dame. I know that Alabama's in play. I know Ohio State's in play. I believe he's visiting Ohio State when they play Notre Dame, if I'm not mistaken. Very fun storyline. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm excited for this. But what is the latest on Keon Keeley and his recruitment now? Yeah, so we're, we're learning a lot about Notre Dame and their policies under first-year head coach Marcus Freeman. We, For all the praise he's gotten for being a, a young, modern, energetic, bold recruiter, there's some old school in him as well. And when Keon took that trip to Alabama at the very end of July, there was some contention between he and the coaching staff. And there is a thought that, you know, almost Clemson esque, hey, if you're committed, probably not going to take any trips, you know, under our watch. So there was, you know, some conversations had as far as I understand it. And Keon basically doubled down saying, hey, I'm going to continue to take visits. So why don't I go ahead and decommit? From Notre Dame. So I do think they're still in it, but typically, you know, hard to come back from a situation like that. And simultaneously, Alabama got him on campus. Like you said, Ohio State is about to get him on campus uh, in the next few weeks. And Florida's always been that in state school that has been the biggest threat. I, I think even when he committed to Notre Dame and the first rumblings of, hey, maybe he's going to take visits started to come out. There was always this thought that, okay, well, Florida is going to be the top threat here. This is the top in-state school. This, you know, the whole Tampa pipeline, all that stuff really works with the Gators here. But it just turned out that they weren't alone, which 
Makes sense because this is the number one edge in America, number three overall recruit in the SI 99. So naturally, a lot of programs are going to be in on him. So I think now that he takes a step back, he can really live out all his visit fantasies. He can go to Notre Dame. He can go to Ohio State, Bama, Florida. Maybe someone else gets involved. Why wouldn't they, right? If they feel like this is a recruitment that is now reset and truly open, maybe other schools get involved. And then they can get in the mix and get them on campus down the line. But again, going back to Florida, this was always viewed as the top threat overall, really until that Alabama visit. I would say we considered Florida to be the top overall threat if Keon was to make a move away from Notre Dame. The Bama visit started to change that, and there is some confidence growing in in Tuscaloosa. Look, I, I say this on the Miami pod. I say this on this pod. I say this on Auburn, Clemson, Georgia. If you want to compete, you got to go head to head with Nick and beat him straight up it's very simple you got to go at the king uh to try to get to the throne and and i do think that this could be one of those hotly contested battles that probably goes the entire distance now because he is totally open and reset and we know visits are going to start to get planned i think he only took one or two officials so there's a lot of room for keon to hit the road and really figure out exactly what he wants in his future college destination so Bama's going to be in it till the end. I think Florida's going to be in it until the end. We'll see about Ohio State. Um, and Notre Dame's still there, too. So if you want to be considered a, an SEC power, a potential college football playoff program, these are the kind of recruitments you have to dig into and ultimately win uh, down the line. So tough tasks, tall tasks, all those things. But you're in the ball game if you're Florida at this point. And that's, you know, that's a position that dozens of programs wish that they were in. Yeah, I mean, Marcus Freeman with Notre Dame, I guess, is a Charmin, you know, softness you could see. Um, (laughs) There's another edge prospect that Florida is looking at and trying to get in Quaver. So what's the latest on him and Florida's pursuit of him? Uh, We're talking Quaver Saw here. Yes, sir. This is uh, one of the most intriguing evaluations we had in constructing the SI-99, a guy who is – Certainly most comfortable on the edge rushing the passer, but man, his speed, his motor, uh, over 100 tackles as a junior really kind of pushed us to a linebacker projection where I think he can go and walk down and rush the passer. But he also brings a lot of value at the second level from a traditional standpoint where he can run the defense, play the run, cover a tight end or a running back out of the backfield when he's not rushing the passer. So this is truly one of the better do-it-all linebackers in the class and, and probably one of the pound-for-pound pound strongest players in the class. Of course, Quay was down at Florida for the very first time at Friday Night Lights and really loved his first impression. You know, he really felt like a priority. You know, there is there is this sense around he and James Smith, who we'll talk about next. They are a package deal, and that's – it's very real. I think we – in our business, we scoff at package deals because they don't usually work out. We're like, oh, you're saying you're a package deal? Like, okay, we'll believe it when we see it. But these two are are really connected at the hip. And I think from the Florida perspective, you've always had more chances with Rousseau than Smith. But they took the visit together. And Rousseau, in a lot of ways, leads that duo. They're very they're opposites, right? Introvert, extrovert, outgoing, more reserved, all those things. Um, but behind closed doors, Rousseau is is kind of the the the, the Captain America of this thing, and, and James Smith is more, 
you know, Hulk or Iron Man where he's just he's right there. But it just seems like when things are even, it breaks Quay's way. So Quay is is was the one who I think had more interest in getting down to Florida compared to comparatively to James. But once they both got down there, they really enjoyed the impression. You know, it's SEC ball, which, you know, these are two Montgomery kids. So they grew up, of course, following the SEC most closely. Um, and then Quay's got an interesting tie to the Gators. You know, his dad is from the state of Florida and is a massive, and I, I mean a massive Gator fan. He he told Quay, according to one person close to Quay, that, you know, your recruitment is your own thing. Go do your own thing. But if and when you visit Florida, let me know because I'm coming. <laughs> so he ends up coming for the back end of, of uh, the FNL trip and, and, and really enjoyed it. Um, and then they were able to bond a little bit more together. So I do think that's an interesting X factor from Florida's perspective. And again, when you think of the package deal element between he and, and James, there's, there's a couple of schools where one guy is like selling the other. I think for Quay selling James, it's Florida and maybe Auburn. And with James selling Quay, I think it's Ohio State and Bama. You know, James's family's from Ohio. So there's a little bit of OH in, in, in that bloodline. So, it's interesting because, of course, they're package deals. So the same top six, um, Alabama State is in there. Shout out to the Hornets. Um, but really, it's about you know these SEC programs and Ohio State, to me, in the conversation. I think Georgia's a bit of a dark horse. Bama feels safe. And Florida's kind of the wild card of this thing. Now that they've taken the unofficial visit for FNL, the next step for Gators fans is, can we get an official? Can we get these guys back down for a game weekend, center it on an official visit against a marquee opponent, and then you you play from there. But but again, I, I do think with Rousseau in particular, Florida's probably higher in his top six than James is at this moment, but they have not ruled out the possibility of taking an official to UF. And I think that's huge news, and that would be the next natural step in this progression because I think both guys uh, are going to take this thing all the way. So there's a lot of time still, four months or so, between now and, and pen meeting paper for, for a national letter of intent. So if you're a Gators fan, you know, Quay, Quay is, is closer in your, in your, in your camp and you want to get them to take an official visit. That's really the next step for, for Florida in this recruitment, but certainly Bam was going to be tough to beat uh, Georgia's in there. And I think Ohio state is probably that other school uh, that you got to worry about, but uh, it's a long way away from from a final decision. So you've got to kind of stay in the hunt thereafter. And, and that natural next step is certainly getting them back on campus. I would just like to say real quick that I'm pretty upset you made an Avengers reference and I have oh boy. Thor's hammer right here. And you just you just didn't say it. You just didn't say it. <laughs> he's, uh, you know, it's, he's the most it's, it's evolved. It's changed. You know, that dynamic of leadership has has changed. He's still certainly incredibly important but it's 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 flawed a little bit in his in his arc you know blame blame the mcu for that don't blame me i, I will always blame the mcu and i will say he, he's most powerful worst leader you could possibly have I, that, that's how I say. he's a god come on but um, we're about to talk about james smith but first a quick word from bet online i think the florida gators are going to win seven or more games this year i think they'll win seven or less games this year Right now, bet online the Gators win total is set at seven. So if you think they're going to win more, or they might win more, bet the over. And if they win exactly seven, you get your money back. It's a push. If you think they're going to win less than seven, if they win exactly seven, you get your money back. It's a push. Whatever. Ties suck. 
but it is what it is. At least you don't lose money. BetOnline is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. I've been using BetOnline for years now. Couldn't be happier with it. It's got so much, not just football, baseball, basketball, soccer, hockey, tennis, table tennis, darts, League of Legends, Counter-Strike Go, uh, economics, politics, uh, you bet on aliens invading and who will get invaded first if aliens do inside to invade when they inside when they decide to invade. Uh, check out Bet Online. It's where the game starts. And we're back with Locked On Gators. Joining me now is John Garcia, Sports Illustrated's Director of Football Recruiting. And we're going to keep talking about Florida Gators recruits here and targets. And we just spoke a little bit about James Smith. But what we didn't talk about is who is James Smith as a player? You know, we know that Quay is, they're, they're opposites. Quay is the edge that you have projected as a linebacker. And James Smith is a defensive lineman right now. But what is James Smith's role in college football? Well, he is your outgoing Christian Wilkins, ferocious defensive tackle that is going to make you laugh. But then, he, man, when, when he's in between the lines, he is he's an animal. Uh, there's really no other way to put it. Uh, great kid uh, and a guy who's really reshaped his body. He is ready to go as a senior. Again, seeing both of them at Friday Night Lights, I was I was kind of stricken by both Quay because he is a sculpted Thor like linebacker and, and James because he is trimmed down to about 298 300 pounds he's going to play under 300 pounds this year per his his trainers over at at, at the madhouse in montgomery um and that's scary because we've seen him dominate at 310 315 he was down at img briefly and really flashed as a bigger kind of classic interior guy but now if he's playing a little bit leaner and lighter uh there's there's a whole lot of fear that's going to be put into these high school offensive lines. They play for the same high school team, by the way. So you've got Rousseau on the edge and then James on the interior. Like, God bless those offensive lines that, that Carver High School will face. Uh, but James, I do think, brings so much strength and power to the interior. But he's also got this finesse side. You know, he he swears he's a great basketball player. And <laughs> he was like, I'm going to hoop at Florida if I come here. I mean, I'm like, enjoy. There's a whole lot of... Six three, three hundred pound uh, forwards in, in in college basketball, obviously. So uh, you know he's he's that kind of kid, but you know he really is light on his feet, and he really is a guy who you could line up outside in, in a traditional three four and let him go to work on a tackle. I've seen it at camp. I saw clips recently of him at Alabama's camp as 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 a sophomore last year, where he lined up outside on every rep, and he won battles against. Miles McVeigh, who Bama just took as, as a verbal commitment. So this is an intriguing, true athlete at, at the defensive interior spot. And again, he's more trim. He, he's more ready to rock as a senior. And that's why his recruitment's been so heavily contested. You know, um, I think James is one who he needed that first impression at Florida. That was certainly important because I do think for him, they were probably on the outside looking in going into that FNL visit. So as of, you know, 4th of July, mid-July, I think he was leaning towards more Bama, Auburn, Georgia, Ohio State, uh, schools like that. But I do think Florida made a very strong initial impression. We know there's a big need for Florida on the defensive interior. We've talked about it with, with you on the last three or four podcasts. So he understands that. He, he's a kid who's certainly unafraid of competition, so I wouldn't worry about all the other – D lineman that Florida has been able to accumulate. And then on top of that, like we said last week, there's, there's just this sense that Florida is going to go into Alabama every cycle. There's just 
a sense of that. Um, and I do think that uh, these two, I mean, obviously these two would be as, as big a get for any school in the state of Alabama as we've seen over the last decade. But uh, individually even, I think these would be monster gets for, for any school outside of the Yellowhammer State. But Florida did a good job of, of prioritizing him at FNL. And then, of course, now they got to work to get that return visit for an official visit, particularly for James. Again, I think Quay is a little further along and seeing things orange and blue than he is at this point. But they are truly tied at the hip. They are truly a package deal. So you can't get one without the other. So I do think that's important for Florida to keep in mind here going forward. But, yeah, his, his talent is absolutely warranted for that type of priority level and consideration. And then on the flip side of the trenches, you know, Florida has been adding a lot of talent on the defensive line, not so much on the offensive line. They currently have more offensive line coaches than they have offensive line commits for the 2023 class. (laughs) (laughs) Be be better, and I can't say that about you. But Monroe Freeling is someone who I know we've talked about before. I've been wanting him, and now I've got listeners asking about him. So what's the latest on Monroe Freeling and his recruitment? He's really kind of quiet right now. I, I think there's a sense of wide openness in this recruitment. There have been shifts in this recruitment. We heard Notre Dame early. We heard South Carolina more recently. Georgia, Alabama, Miami has been involved here. Florida, obviously, involved in this race. And, and it's quite interesting to me because there's really no, at least from what I've seen uh, as of today, there's no clear timeline. There's no clear date. There's no clear anything in this recruitment, which usually means it's going to linger into the season. So you start to wonder, will he take visits? What games is he going to prioritize You know, with he and his family? And I think, you know, a lot of these other schools simultaneously, Brandon, are filling up. Miami's at five O-line commits. Bama's, I think, at five O-line commits. Notre Dame is at five O-line commits. Clemson's not quite there yet. Neither is Georgia or Florida. So if you look at it from a, from his perspective, and if he says, look, I, I want this clear path among these great schools, what's the clearest path to playing time? Florida, Georgia, Clemson start to, to feel like more of a, a no-brainer in that conversation because there are obviously bigger uh, offensive lines already on board at, at half of the schools that he's really considering at this stage. And maybe that's part of the reason why this thing has been delayed a little bit, trying to figure out and navigate exactly – where he falls on these different recruiting boards at offensive tackle. I think that's going to be fascinating to see play out and and we'll see if he starts taking some visits. I think that will be probably our next indicator uh, for Monroe Freeling, but I I do think he's taking his time and and he should. There's really, it's him and Samson Okunlola among the elite offensive tackles remaining. So there's no rush for either of those guys to put the pedal to the metal. We see that at other positions where they can kind of take their time and not be rushed into a decision. And I think that's a good thing for, for this offensive line board and a good thing for Florida because they have that hole to sell on the on the commitment list, right? D-line stacked, receivers stacked, you got your quarterback, you know, things are coming together. Secondary is looking really good. You got to hit the trenches on offense now moving forward from that Florida perspective. So you can sell Monroe Freeling on, hey, you're the top guy left. There's a huge need at offensive tackle. Come to the swamp, come to a game, and let's go from there. So I think, again, logically, that's the next step in that recruitment. 
Yeah, I mean, you can go look at all the defensive line commits we have. Iron sharpens iron. You'll see them in practice. There are as many people in this podcast as there are currently committed to the Florida Gators offensive line for the 2023 class. So look at at all the opportunity that you can get there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll take my shots when I can. Um, But we've talked about a lot of defensive linemen over the past few weeks. You mentioned that. We've talked about, I mean – Quay Rousseau and James Smith as a two-man wrecking crew, but there's a one-man wrecking crew that we're going to talk about now in Caden McDonald, who um, we were talking about it before. Productive. (laughs) He's he's productive. We'll say that. What's the latest on Caden McDonald, his recruitment? Yeah, I'd love I'd love to get the game by game film here to see if he his numbers really are what, what they are projected to be. But either way, like you said, a truly disruptive interior defensive lineman who lives in the backfield 6'3 305 or so really carries it well incredibly strong at the point of attack just moves bodies you know you'd almost move him to offensive line and feel good about it if, if it did come to that down the line but yeah his, his recruitment because of his great banner breakout whatever you want to call it 2021 season has really allowed his recruitment to to start to hit closer to its ceiling and a lot of programs have become involved because of that florida's been in it for a while i think he took multiple visits to the swamp this off season including that that cookout deal at the end of july which is important because that's the last visit that any kid could take going into the season so you want that impression at uf to be a fresh one and that was after an official right so you you feel really good about that but georgia's in the mix now Michigan got him on campus this offseason. They're still in the conversation. Texas offered him like yesterday. So you wonder if maybe they're not too late in this conversation. So I do wonder, only having taken, I believe, one official, what his fall looks like. I know he wants to take several visits. Clemson uh, could could stay in the mix here as well. So I'm wondering where he's going to head for some trips this this season. And, and you wonder what that Florida – impression over the summer which was the one he became most familiar with you wonder how that matches up with an in-state georgia offer texas uh, and some of these other schools that are certainly clamoring to get him on campus there was a thought that maybe he pops sooner rather than later and now i'm probably leaning towards the other way where maybe he takes his time because he continues to add options and opportunities at different programs so you, you probably want to vet those if you can before all is said and done. But there's no doubt that Florida's in the thick of this thing. Um, He's got a public top 10 that's probably more like a top five out right now. But either way, based on on his metric or our metric, Florida's going to be in the thick of of this recruitment all the way through. And and again, it's it's a huge need in general. Um, And there are a lot of targets out there. So you want to stay in the mix for as many elite ones as you can. You're James Smith's of the world, your McDonald's of the world. And, and Florida's doing a really good job of that. Cause I think a lot of other programs from an organizational perspective would, would start to almost play their way out of the race because they've got so many verbal commitments yet. You're still trying to sell something that is available among the defensive uh, interior projections. So that's obviously great communication and transparency from that Florida staff. Yeah. And then there's one more player to talk about today and it's, an edge rusher that we've talked about quite a bit. Got, I mean, half the people we've talked about today are edge rusher linebacker types. Samuel Mpemba, IMG Academy. How close is Florida to maybe adding to their IMG pipeline that they're trying to set up, but it's right now still pretty dry, but that they're trying to set up. <laughs> hey, two commitments so far. We'll, we'll see how it goes 
going forward. Yeah, and Pemba, a, a freaky edge talent, uh, one of the best edge rushers in this class of, of 2023, a guy who I think is top 25 for us at SI All-American. And, and that number is only going to go up. He's only really dedicated an offseason to the edge position. This kid was backing up Jaleel Skinner at tight end last year when we saw IMG play, uh, but really hit the hit the ground running at edge. Uh, had a couple sacks in the spring game working against Francis Maui Goal, which is a big deal for any defensive lineman. And his profile continues to rise in that regard. Uh, but there's a lot of schools in this. Uh, Miami, Florida are certainly the two in-state schools that, that are in the best position. But Tennessee has made a charge. LSU has always been involved. Georgia, Notre Dame are, are long involved in this recruitment and have felt really good at times. I think six months ago, Notre Dame felt really good. Georgia probably more recently has felt really good about this Samuel and Pemba conversation. So it looks like he's going to continue to take visits and kind of keep his foot off the gas here and take a bunch of visits. Florida got him on campus for FNL, where Will Norman was his tour guide, as if he was a verbal commitment, which at that point he was not. But, of course, now he is. So we know there's there's a huge desire for IMG recruits there at Florida, and Pemba knows he's a priority with Billy Napier and company. And I asked him, Last time I talked to him, I said, you know, you got options all over the country. How do you view Florida and Miami? And he really made a great argument on how balanced those two approaches are. And look, both of them are top 10 recruiting teams that are have had hot recruiting summers with first year coaches. Um, so he kind of views them differently. He views, my, you know, the Miami locale as something that is certainly impressive to him as kind of a city guy, you know, originally from St. Louis. Um, but at the same time, Florida and that SEC prowess, that defensive focus that the Gators have always seemingly gotten the benefit of the doubt on balances out that comparison to Miami, who, of course, is is in the ACC. So it's interesting to see how these recruits view some of these programs. And he views them kind of similarly, which is, I think, outside of this bubble and outside of, you know, maybe uh, the Miami bubble is is really common. That's really how a lot of people view these two programs right now with these first year coaches. So it would be kind of funny and fitting if it came down to those two in the end, right? You're an IMG kid. Now you're focused on Florida, let's say the state of Florida, and it comes down to these two schools. I mean, that would be another clear head to head battle between the two that, that is seems like a coin flip at this point. You know, he, his last visit weekend, he was at FNL and then got in the car and went to Miami for, for their barbecue the next day. So Again, even in the free time he has, he's really balancing out these two options between Florida and Miami. Again, others are involved. Georgia's probably today the school I would peg as the leader, but this thing's got you know December written all over it from a timeline perspective. I don't think he's taken any officials, so there's just a long way to go in this Samuel and Pemba recruitment. But you know, when you're the number two or three edge in the country. I mean, that's, there's a reason for that. Again, he has that luxury to wait uh, the, a lot of time. Yeah. And uh, I think it's getting to the point on the recruiting trail and just all the trash talk where it's like when Florida and Miami play each other, oh. Billy and Mario are going to have to fight first of all. And uh, then me and Alex up. Dono, me and Alex Dono are going to fight also. Sign and me up for that one first. Let me know. Let me know. That. I'll be the ref. Okay, I'm gonna win. I'll let you know. I've told Donald, like, I'll just know I'm not gonna take it easy on you. <laughs> Thank Love you, it. John, for coming in. This is John Garcia, Sports Illustrated's Director of Football Recruiting, Locked On's Recruiting Insider, and you'll find him all over the Locked On College channel and find him on Twitter at John Garcia underscore JR. Thanks, Brandon.
Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back Monday. Tomorrow is the first time since, I believe, July 21st or July 19th that we didn't have a Lockdown Gators episode come out. Um, so that was a wild ride. And who knows? Maybe something will happen tomorrow. We will have content come out. But for now, the plan is Monday. Make your second listen Lockdown SEC hosted by Chris Gordy of Sports 790. Get the best coverage on the best conference, including the best university. University of Florida for Locked On Gators. I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Nine Sports, video work with Whole Nine Sports on YouTube, and written work with Giants Country at SI.com. And I'll see you all tomorrow, Monday.